I don't think you've ever known a woman like me. Listening to the Wonder Women of Aviation, a podcast that helps preserve the history of women in aviation and highlights women involved in aviation. Each episode, we meet with women, both in and out of the cockpit, to talk about their passions, experiences, the history of aviation, and how they make an impact. So strap in and hang on tight as we soar through the skies with these Wonder Women of Aviation. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time. The following podcast is presented for entertainment purposes and should not be used as flight instruction. The comments, opinions, and discussions provided by guests are their own. Please consult your own CFI for flight instruction. Knowledge and AC a person. Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Wonder Woman of Aviation. I'm your host, Natalia McAuley. Today's guest is Shakar Zoltani. Did I get that right? You did. Uh, Shakar, I want to thank you for being here, and I thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Shakar is a true wonder woman of aviation. Her passion, drive, and love for aviation is what caught my eye on LinkedIn. As soon as I aligned myself with the runway, my dreams took flight. And now, here I am living in my purpose. This is why representation matters. She's an advocate for minorities and women in aviation and does a lot of volunteer work for multiple aviation organizations. On this week's episode, we talk about how the aviation seed was planted in her heart, overcoming adversity, and helping women find their place in aviation. You can open up with just talking a little bit about, you know, who you are, your background, um, you know, where your love for aviation started and how you're exposed to this. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for having me Um, and thanks for reaching out via LinkedIn. So my name is Shikar. I am from Dallas. Texas. My mom is from Michoacan, Mexico, and my dad is actually from Iran. So I'm half uh, Latina and half Middle Eastern, hence the name. Um, But yeah, growing up, I grew up with five siblings here in Dallas, and um, I did grow up low income. My dad was a taxi driver. He's retired now. And my mom just uh, juggled multiple jobs from restaurants to grocery stores to working at my uncle's construction warehouse to selling Mary Kay cosmetic products. Um, So we grew up pretty low income. I never really aspired to become a pilot. I just always had an interest in aviation. And more than anything, I like to travel. (laughs) So every time I would go to an airport, I would be so excited. And I still am. I see the monitors and just see different possibilities of places to go to. I love the background chatter and the um, agents, the gate agents making their announcements. I like people watching at the airport, just everything about the airport. I completely fell in love with it. Uh, So Growing up, I pursued a bachelor's degree in marketing at Texas Women's University, and I graduated in May of 2017. Uh, My last semester of college, I had an internship with Southwest Airlines in their marketing department. And although I absolutely love the company, they have great company culture and everything, I knew the office lifestyle wasn't for me. Um, So I did Fidelity Investments a little bit after college, and then I didn't even last a year there before I found myself as a flight attendant for Spirit Airlines. And that's when I was completely immersed in the world of aviation. 
and I really fell in love with it. I fell in love with the lifestyle. It's funny because I started to be a flight attendant because I was like, oh, I'll do this for one or two years just to figure it out. Um, and I thought I was going to like do my master's online or something and just use that job to travel and ended up falling in love with it so much that I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do forever. But I kept getting more and more curious about the flying side of things. And as you know, <laughs> it is a male dominated industry. And after working at Spirit for seven months, I finally met a girl pilot and she caught me checking her out because I was just thought it was so unique I'd never seen a girl pilot and um, I told her that I was like semi-interested in flying didn't really know that route I had never met a pilot until I had became a flight attendant yet alone a female one that happened seven months into the job and she was so so sweet and very welcoming and encouraging and she told me about the women in aviation conference that was going to be going on in march of 2019 in long beach um so i ended up signing up for the conference and i went and um it was very professional and funny enough it's a woman in aviation conference but it was still a lot of men <laughs> um, but after the conference i decided to sign up for my discovery flight i found a groupon and at the time i was living in florida in fort lauderdale because i was based there as a flight attendant and i did my discovery flight and absolutely fell in love with it i had so much fun it was my first time in a small aircraft i was a little bit scared um but when we landed I was like yeah this is what I want to do forever I already know the lifestyle of being a flight attendant and now I know what it's like to fly I was like I can't imagine a better career than being a pilot um so after that I started pursuing it and now I'm getting close to taking my private pilot check ride and I applied to the Aviate Academy with United hopefully get accepted into that finish everything off and start with United it's interesting like you, you kind of touch base with initially like there are very few women in aviation, and I, I've experienced that myself. I've been in aviation since I was 18 years old. Um, not necessarily the pilot route, but that's definitely something that I am interested in. Um, why do you think there are just not that many female pilots out there? Obviously, United is a, in Aviatum is doing a great job of diversity, equity, and inclusion. But why do you personally think that a lot of women are, you know, either I don't know if they're intimidated or we don't have a lot of female pilots? Yeah, we don't don't have a lot of female pilots and I mean if, if you look at it when we're young um like girls little girls are given more like um different Barbies to play with and boys are given you know little firefighter trucks and police trucks and airplanes so it is like a more male-dominated field I think that stems more from the military because um, like I said before becoming a flight attendant I had never met a pilot in my life and realistically unless your parents are in the aviation industry or if your parents are in the military I don't think aviation is something that's very much promoted in schools I didn't know the process of what it takes to become a, a pilot actually when I was 21 years old I was living in Addison Texas and there was a small airport nearby and for the first time I saw a Cessna 172 I had no idea what that was and I remember seeing it fly and I was like what is that like why why are those planes so little I never put two and two together that you had to learn how to fly that first before you could fly you know a 747 or something so one day out of curiosity I went there and I asked them I was like what is what are these little small planes and they told me they're like yeah we're a flight school we teach you how to fly so you could become an airline pilot or a military pilot or a cargo pilot whatever pilot you want to be and I was like oh really that's interesting I would have thought that y'all learn how to fly on a sim I didn't know that you can get your private pilot license as young as what is it 16 17 I didn't know that you can do a discovery flight I didn't even know 
like that existed like um it's just something that's not very much promoted out there and i think with women all also, and this is something that I heard a lot when I was a flight attendant, is a lot of women want to have children, and they don't think that this is a type of job for women that want to have children. Um, so when I was a flight attendant, people would often tell me, oh, that's good, you're young, do it right now while you can, because uh, you're young, you have no responsibilities, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, actually, there's a lot of flight attendants that have families and that have regular, normal lives outside of aviation, so it's very much possible. So it's very much one of those things that if you don't see it, you don't think about it. Like, like I said, I had the flying bug since I was little. I always liked aviation. I just never considered a career in it before because I never saw someone that looked like me. That didn't happen until seven months later in the company, and then I got immersed into this world. And which is that that's why it's one reason that I'm so passionate about it because I definitely struggled with what I wanted to be when I grew up. I switched my major multiple times in college. I've had so many jobs. <laughs> um, and like, little did I know that I actually knew it all along. I just never pursued it because I never really knew that that was accessible. So that's why programs like Aviate through United and all these different diversity and outreach programs are so amazing because they're taking people like me who didn't think they had a chance at this and making it clear to them that they can. You know, that was something that I was not exposed to. Like my mom always worked for the airline. She works for, you know, American Airlines, but you know, I always thought, okay, I can only be a, a gate agent. She's a gate agent or, or a flight attendant. So that was something that I personally wasn't exposed to until um, recently. So it's kind of interesting that, you know, we share a very similar story and I'm not sure if it's, it's yeah, there is lack of, you know, I guess, putting it out there, but it could also be a cultural thing as well, because it's like, oh no, my mom would often say, oh no, it's too dangerous. It's too dangerous. <laughs> you know, even with a flight attendant, she's like, I don't want anything to happen to you. So we're very protective of um, our children as well. So. Yeah, absolutely. You're right about that with the cultural thing, because that's still something my mom says, actually, <laughs> before my, uh, my solo. <laughs> um, I told my parents, hey, I'm soloing tomorrow if y'all want to come see me uh, fly by myself by the first time and my family was like okay you want to have dinner before I was like why before let's just do it after and they're like let's do it before and I'm like oh my goodness you guys <laughs> do you not trust me <laughs> So I want to talk a little bit about the process, but for those that aren't familiar or who just want to get, you know, into the beginning stages of getting their private license, someone like myself, like what advice can you give just for someone who's starting out and who doesn't even know like where to begin? Yeah. So to get your private pilot license, the very first thing I would say to do is to do your discovery flight. So because Sometimes you think you're gonna, you want to fly, but you don't actually know if you want to fly until you're behind the controls and see if you actually like it. Because flying a smaller craft is definitely different than flying a bigger airplane. Um, so if you want to fly, what you can do is simply type on Google Discovery Flights Near Me. It'll probably put you to the closest municipal airport in your area. And you'll fly for like 30 minutes with a CFI, which stands for a Certified Flight Instructor. You'll be behind the controls, so you can take off, you'll do some maneuvers, you'll just get a little bit of a feel for it. You'll actually be inside the airplane. Um, after that, you can decide if this is something you want to pursue or not. And if it is, 
what I would suggest you doing is um, studying for your knowledge exam. So with each rating, you're going to have three tests. There is your knowledge exam, which is 60 questions, multiple choice, A, B, and C. And then you have your oral exam. And your oral exam is you with a DP, which stands for a designated pilot examiner. You and the DP will be literally speaking. It's oral. <laughs> so they'll ask you questions. You answer back. Oral exams can last anywhere. I've seen some morals last four to six hours. It really just depends. And your check ride. Uh, your oral will take place the day you have your check ride. You do your oral first and then you go up flying. And when you go up flying, you're showing them all the maneuvers you learned in your uh, private pilot rating. So your private pilot rating is going to compose of um, power off stalls, power on stalls, short field takeoffs, soft field takeoffs, S turns, um, different maneuvers like that, slow flight, um, emergency landings, so on and so forth. Uh, to have your private pilot license, you need the minimum 40 hours. Um, but realistically not everybody finishes in 40 hours and it's better to not even think of the hours it just happens when it happens <laughs> regardless you're going to need 1500 hours to get to the airlines anyways um but yeah you need like some nighttime flying as well i believe it's 10 hours of nighttime flying like three hours of check ride prep three hours of ifr where you're wearing foggles so you can't see the horizon you can only see your instruments um yeah and so on and so forth but if you were interested, I would say do your discovery flight first and then afterwards start preparing for your knowledge exam. How do you start preparing for your knowledge exam? Well, you enroll yourself in an online ground school. There's so many different online ground schools to choose from. There's King School, there's M0A with Jason Shepard, um, there's Rod Machado, there's like a multitude of those on there. Um, um, I really liked Jason Shepard a lot. There's also videos on YouTube. There's different apps. The ASA Blue Private Pilot app helped me a lot for my written exam. Um, so yeah, you just study, take your exam. And I mean, I would advise to do that first, but everybody advises different things. Um, and then, yeah, every time I... One word of advice I got from a former mentor was to treat each flight as an interview. And that is very true. You want to come prepared to each flight, knowing what you're going to do that day. So that way, you know, it kind of um, helps you with the cost of flying because flying can be very expensive. Um, but yeah, after you're private, if you do hope to do this professionally, you would go into instrument, commercial, commercial multi, so on and so forth. Maybe CFI, CFII, MEI, if you wanted to. And that was, in, you know, you hit on my next question, which was, um, you know, the cost. It could be definitely cost, costly to, you know, enroll in, in school. And um, for those that, you know, don't have, you know, the means, um, the financial means to support this, what advice would you give them? Because I know I was reading that you, you received five scholarships, which is, or probably more, <laughs> which is pretty mm -hmm. amazing. Um, so from a, you know, a funding perspective, a scholarship perspective, any thoughts or advice on that? Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I've actually received more than five. I think it's like been 10 or 11. Um, but I originally was a flight attendant, as I said, and I applied for a loan through the American Airlines Credit Union and I didn't get approved. And I also applied for a Sally May loan because I wanted to go to ATP flight school and do an accelerated program where I finished all my ratings in a year, 
didn't get approved for that one either. So I was like, okay, I know the reason I'm not getting approved is because of my debt to income ratio. I was like, I'm going to pay off my debt. And in the meantime, while I pay off my debt, I'm going to apply for scholarships. I didn't ever think that I was going to win as many scholarships as I have won now. I didn't think I was smart enough to win a scholarship realistically, but I applied anyways because I was like, well, it's the least I could do while I'm paying off debt. Like, I really, really want to fly. Um, so the very first aviation scholarship I applied for, I won. It was $6,000 through NGPA, which stands for the National Gay Pilot Association. You don't have to be gay to join. Um, to join, it is like $20 if you're a student. If you're not a student, it's like 40 I believe. I'm not sure you'd have to check the website. Um, but all it required me to do was have two letters of recommendation, uh, my medical certificate, my student pilot certificate, 10 hours of logged flying time and to write three essays. Those essays were, how did I get involved in aviation? What do I want to fly? What are my career goals? How would the scholarship help me? How do I help out in the LGBTQA plus community? Um, so yeah, I applied and won. And then I kept applying afterwards and I kept losing and losing and losing until eventually one day I won two scholarships in one day. At 11 a.m. I was scrolling through my email and I found out that I won $6,000 from the 99s, which is a woman pilot organization. And then two hours later, I found out that I, I got a Zoom call from the Taco Bell Foundation. Mm-hmm. And they told me that I was one of their Live Moss scholarship recipients and I had won $10,000 so in one day alone after six months of failure I got $16,000 which was incredible and since then I've been winning scholarships like once every month or every two three months Um, but yeah most of the time it's an essay um, but sometimes there are videos I believe you found me on LinkedIn because of my Taco Bell video so Taco Bell asked um how, what is your passion and how will you basically how you live moss because that's their slogan so I talked about being a woman in an underrepresented career field and wanting to be a pilot and how representation matters so that's what I hit on in my video and I even ended it kind of cheesy <laughs> I said you know my card I want to inspire others to dream more do more and become more this is how I live moss like live more <laughs> um, but yeah that helped me pay for my private pilot license um for anybody out there that was struggling to take out loans I know there's other people that do it differently some people pay with credit cards some people pay with savings some people pay borrow from their 401k to pay for their flight training but honestly I would say to avoid all of those things and try for scholarships first because there is people out there that want to help you now where do I find these scholarships well honestly absolutely everywhere and so some of the scholarships I've won are through organizations such as the Latino Pilots Association or the Organization of Black Aerospace Professionals or Women in Aviation International and there's so on and so forth. There's so many. Most of these organizations do have fees, but the fees are very much worth it if you're an active member. Um, all these organizations do is they allow you to network and volunteer and find mentorship. Um, when I was a flight attendant, I used to go to a lot of these volunteer events such as career days and aviation expos and I would talk about my experience as a flight attendant. And um, yeah, they even have conferences and galas and yeah, they have scholarship opportunities. So don't just join these organizations, but be active in them and apply for their scholarships. Um, Another place besides organizations where you can um, find scholarships is really everywhere because when I won the Taco Bell scholarship everyone was really surprised there was like oh I didn't know that Taco Bell gave scholarships for people in flight training and I was like well technically on their website it says that it could go to an accredited college or university 
but it could also go to anyone in a technical trade school. And a Part 61 flight training school is technically considered a technical trade school. So there you have it. Um, so it's different with each person. The scholarships I might be eligible for, you might not be. Um, so always check the requirements. So there's some scholarships that you have to be Latina or you have to be a woman or you have to be 24 years of age or younger to apply versus there are other scholarships that don't require that. Um, there's scholarships for specific states, like if you reside in Texas or if you reside in Florida. Um, um, so it's important to do your search. I did buy a book called Aviation Scholarships by Carl Valeri. Um, I downloaded that online. It was $10. It's 600 pages worth of scholarships. What I did was um, one day on a flight, I just scrolled through page by page and looked at everything I was eligible for, screenshotted it, and then made myself a little calendar. So I said, okay, in January, all these scholarships are due. In February, all these scholarships are due. In March, all these scholarships are due, so on and so forth. I set little reminders on my phone, and that way I applied for every single one of them. And um, social media is another great place to look. Definitely follow app scholarships on Instagram and aviation scholarships on Facebook. Click like on them. That's another place where you could stay updated. So if you're staying updated with the Carl Valeri Aviation Scholarships book, with social media, with those organizations, then you're probably going to be very connected with the scholarship community. Um, so, you know, it's good to just do your research. Um, and then when you are applying, make sure you answer the questions directly and make sure you're selling yourself well. Uh, be very detailed with your accomplishments. And I think this is human nature for us to not sell ourselves and talk down about ourselves instead of boosting ourselves. But you want to do everything in a humbling way when you're writing these papers or making these videos. Your tone is everything. So if you say anything negative, like, oh, I grew up poor. Okay, flip it around with something positive. But these experiences allowed me to learn the value of the dollar and to work hard, so on and so forth. You know, that's, that's something that will help you change the tone. And also, instead of using basic words like, oh, I'm passionate, I'm hardworking, I'm resilient, that's why I'd be the best candidate, prove it. Prove it with examples, because these people don't know you. Um, so instead of saying, oh, I'm passionate, hardworking, and resilient, say, I'm passionate, hardworking, and resilient, and I prove this by tackling a full-time job and flight training four times a week, you know? So, um, yeah, back up your stuff with examples and apply for everything because chances are you're not going to win every single scholarship you apply for. So I, although I have won multiple scholarships, I continue to apply for every single scholarship because I don't ever want money to run out. That is a very bad thing that can happen to you during flight training. Flight training is a lot of consistency. So I know that for every five scholarships I put in, I might only win one. So that's why it's important for me to apply for absolutely everything. Um, that way I can set myself up to know that money is always coming in and the great thing about scholarships is you can get people to proofread it for you so why not get someone to proofread it for you if you are in a college or university your college or university more than likely has a right site that's what we called it at my school at least um, but it's a place where you can go and take your papers and get them edited um, so go and ask somebody go and ask your academic advisor go and ask a friend if you know anybody that's won a scholarship ask them to edit it for you um, and ask somebody that's going to do more than just check your grammar. You want somebody that's really going to critique you. The more edits you can make on your scholarship, the better. Um, you know, people can tell when you put effort into your work. So, you know, put some effort into your work. I think a lot of people get lazy applying for these scholarships, but for all you know, a 500 word paper could get you $10,000 that you never have to pay back. And aside from that, there's other benefits to scholarships. 
Um, I know some scholarships like NGPA, they paid for me to go to their conference in Palm Springs, California. All expense paid for. They paid for my flight. They paid for my hotel. They paid for my food. And it was a great networking opportunity. I got to meet a lot of United recruiters there. I got to meet a lot of people in the industry. And, you know, I got to go as a scholarship recipient, which makes me even look better. Um, Another perk I got before was from winning the EAA Flight Training Scholarship. I got a Microsoft Office SIM. Um, I know iHeart Flying gives away Bose headsets. Um, so there's a lot of perks to scholarships besides just the financial part of it. And in addition, it shows you that somebody believes in you. Every single time I pass by a Taco Bell, I just can't help but think like, oh my gosh, they're the ones paying for my flight training. They know who I am. This is awesome. Um, so definitely apply. Apply for everything. I answer the questions directly, get someone to proofread it for you, use examples, use a humbling tone and, you know, put effort in it and you'll see that you'll get it. There are a lot of scholarships there and I think people don't, either they get discouraged or they don't, they're not aware. So I'm definitely going to put all these links. So for those of you listening, I'm going to attach a link to every of the scholarship options that she discussed because it's just a lot of information but the you know where there's a will there's a way you know it's just uh-huh. it's a matter of how bad you want it um i know when i started applying i just i'm at the infantile stages of, of applying for scholarships but you're absolutely right you have to put essentially your heart behind it you know and you know who you are and why you want it you know just give some personality into it is basically what I got the gist of what they're looking for in scholarships. Yeah, yeah definitely. Because um, sometimes people, all they talk about is their accomplishments and it's okay to be vulnerable with them as well. I think that's something that all humans have is we all have emotions. And so whenever you put your emotions in it now you've connected with someone um so definitely like don't put like the whole entire thing to be a diary should be a good balance of your accomplishments of your setbacks that you've persevered through the personal growth you've achieved as well as the professional growth and you know definitely a statement of financial need how the scholarship will help you and your involvement in the community um if that's what it asks for but yeah, putting your heart in it is definitely very big um you mentioned something about feeling intimidated um, I don't know if it was imposter syndrome or is that something that you can talk about? Can you share some of your experiences and how you overcame them? It doesn't have to be like a whole list, but just an experience or a story that you overcame. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So like I said, I grew up low income. I didn't go to the best schools. I never met a pilot until I became a flight attendant. So this whole journey in itself was just very intimidated to me, intimidating to me. I grew up with not very much expectations for myself of what to do for the rest of my life. Um, and there was nobody ever that really told me like, oh, you want to go to college or you want to get a good career. You want to like have a 401k or anything like that, you know, and that's something that a lot of minorities go through, unfortunately, uh, the way the system is set up. So I don't know. I kind of dealt with a lot of confidence issues. I remember when I was invited to the Women in Aviation Conference, it was a three-day conference. Well, I only stayed for one day because I felt intimidated. Um, like, and that was not the purpose of the conference. The purpose of the conference was to inspire me, but I have so I had had so many internalized feelings and I felt like everybody was smarter than me than I was. So it wasn't easy for me to, to, to be there. I was like, what am I doing? Like, I can't 
I, I, am I being crazy? Am I dreaming too big? Can I actually fly airplanes? And it wasn't until I completely immersed myself in that field until I joined all these different organizations. For example, the Latino Pilots Association and the Organization of Black Aerospace Professionals. And they became my mentors and friends that gave me confidence boost. Um, for example, when I won the NGPA scholarship, um, a pilot for Delta called me to tell me that I won. So when he called me, he told me that he was very impressed with my application and that I did really well and that I have a great like future ahead of me. And sometimes that's all you need to hear. So when he called me to tell me that I couldn't believe it because I had never heard something like that before, you know, I grew up in the hood. Uh, so when he told me that I was like, wait, what? Like, I'm going to be a pilot and I'm getting like, my school's getting paid for it through NGPA. And this Delta pilot just told me that I'm impressive. So sometimes you need to hear those things. And at first it might be a little off because you never grew up hearing that. Um, but the more you immerse yourself in it, it like becomes part of you, you know? You will train her harder than any Amazon before her. A lot of feelings like that. I remember one time being at my flight school. I go to a part 61 flight school. So part 61 is different than part 141. Part 61 is more, um, I schedule my flight lessons according to my schedule but versus a part 141 program is more accelerated pace. You're more going Monday through Friday and you finish everything a little quicker. Uh, part 61 is you know, more on your own. Um, but I remember when I was at school one time, I realized that all the other students uh, just totally came from different backgrounds. Like a lot of the students at my schools were doctors and they were getting their private pilot license just for fun. Um, and then I was like, oh, I'm here on a scholarship and I'm here as you know, a little broke flight attendant trying to make it to the other side of the door I was like and everybody else here just seems so much smarter than me and more well put together and they speak more eloquently and they drive better cars than I do and they're just like it just I I got a little bit too in my head um versus being more in the moment and I think that's something that prevents a lot of people from following their dreams is because it is scary and I get it I've been there before but I think despite all those feelings you have if your heart calls for something, it's because you belong and you have to listen to that more than you listen to all those fears of I'm not worthy, I'm not smart enough. I think we all have little voices that prevent us from doing things to make us, to like elevate us. Um, but it's important to take note and practice mindfulness of where you put your attention to. Um, so that was definitely sometimes the thing that gets in your way is you. And I mean, it's good to see why that is. And I understand why that is, but I learned to give myself grace. And I learned that, okay, what I'm feeling is not just, it, it's, 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 I'm feeling this way for a reason. And the reason is my upbringing. So I decide to give myself grace, forgive it and move on. Yeah, I was just gonna say the hardest part, I think is pushing through those, those barriers, pushing through your own insecurities and your own preconceived notions of who you think you are and selling yourself short. Yeah, definitely. Those limiting beliefs can kill you. Like, oh, and I think that's a lot. Um, when people look at me, they're like, oh, well, Shakar's smart. Shakar is like, has won so many scholarships. She's the scholarship girl, not me. And I'm like, no, that's not true. There's literally nothing different between you and I, except the fact that I tried. Um, and like, I've had those crappy feelings before too. So I totally understand everyone. Even with the whole scholarships, I kept winning back to back to back. 
And I definitely felt like a facade. I was like, well, all these organizations are putting so much faith and effort into me. I don't feel like I'm worthy of this. Why can't they give it to someone else? Uh, something that really affected me was the fact that I took a long time to solo. So solo is the first time you fly an airplane by yourself. On average, it takes students 20 hours. It took me more than that. And every single time I talked to somebody, they were like, oh, have you soloed yet? Have you soloed yet? Because it's such a milestone in the pilot career. It's, it's such an exciting time. And I knew that nobody meant it to harm me, but I would get so beat up about it. I'd be like, no, not yet. And then I remember just going to my flight school over and over again and just feeling like everybody was judging me or feeling like they were laughing at me because I was just taking too long. Um, I remember one time, um, not my instructor, but another instructor at my school was like, how's flying going? I was like, well, not great, but I'm still showing up, aren't I? <laughs> and I really think that's the attitude. You have to give yourself permission to not be the best at first. And that's okay. You're learning something completely new. And if you didn't grow grow up in an environment where this seemed possible, it might make it harder for you. But that's where I say that the mindfulness is important and like destroying those limiting beliefs. So I truly think that flying has made me a better person. It's definitely given me so much more confidence. And it's shown me that if I can fly an airplane, I can do anything because it came with so much of that imposter syndrome and so much of those like unworthy feelings um, that I had to overcome. And it took me a long time to overcome those. Um, but it was the best thing I did for myself. That's amazing. I mean, I think the hardest part for me personally, and it's just finding my place in, in the industry in aviation, although I've been in for so long, like sometimes you feel like, do I really fit here? And can I really hold these conversations with, you know, all these other individuals that are usually my male counterparts. So, I mean, it's just overcoming and, and finding, like you mentioned earlier, a, a good support system, which it sounds like you had. Um, you had, you know, your mentors when you started, I believe, at Spirit and permanent aviation. Um, and I want to talk about your connection and your mentor with um, the Aviate program. So for those of you that don't know, I know we talked about the Aviate program a little bit, but Aviate, um, last year, United launched, United Airlines launched uh, Innovative Pilot Recruitment and Development Program. So it's a development and recruitment program that offers aspiring aviators the most direct path to achieve their dreams of becoming a United pilot. Um, so I'm curious about your connection with Claudia Zapata Cardone. Um, I've actually had the pleasure of meeting her. She uh, did a Girls in Aviation Day and, and I saw her and I heard her talk and she was just so inspiring. She just exhumes strength and positivity. Um, is she someone that you met in one of your conferences that you mentioned or what did you I, I actually met Claudia through the Latino Pilots Association. Um, so after winning multiple scholarships, I decided to um, share the knowledge that I had learned because I made a lot of mistakes in my scholarship hunt. So I wanted other people to avoid making the same mistakes I did. So I started a group chat through WhatsApp. Um, and there's like 250 people in my chat. I started sending daily tips and reminders and I started offering free um, editing services because I used to be a scholarship application reviewer for the Fund for Education Abroad. So I would grade students that wanted to study abroad. It's not the same thing as flying, but very similar. Um, so I started that chat and um, the president of the Latino Pilots Association noticed and he offered me a role as a scholarship director for the Latino Pilots. Um, so 
as a scholarship director, I helped establish the requirements for a $20,000 AMP scholarship through Epic Flight Academy in Florida. And um, I also helped out with their um, like social media. So I met Claudia through there and she's become one of my really good mentors and friends. Anytime I have something going on, I call her. <laughs> uh, yeah, Claudia is amazing. And everyone in the Latino pilots is, they've always given me their support and I'm just super, super appreciative of them. Like I said, I didn't grow up and nobody in my family was in aviation. So this has become my aviation family. If it wasn't for them, it's so easy to give this up, you know, because it's so expensive and it's so much. It's not just getting your privates and your instrument and your commercial and your commercial multi, then your CFI, you need to build hours somehow, you know, and then you're at the regionals and then you finally make it to uh, the main line, but then you want to be capped. It's just like an ongoing journey. So you need to have that support because it is defeating, especially with the pandemic that just happened. You know, I, I won't, there was moments where I was like do I still want this um so having people like Claudia as an inspiration really really helped especially because we're of the same background I mean she's Colombian but we're both Latinas um so we can relate with each other a lot and we can share some of the same struggles and successes together oh I didn't know she was Colombian yeah I'm definitely going to reach out to her as well um, so yeah, I was just that was going to be my last question for a moment for women who are discouraged or confused because uh, it, it can be overwhelming. You know, what advice would you, would you give? But it sounds like you know you kind of touched everything that I wanted to ask as far as you know getting a mentor and just starting. It is completely overwhelming and I get it. And at times it feels like you're the only one overwhelmed and nobody else is. Um, but just remember that you are not alone and that like these flight training days where it's hot outside and your head hurts and you're going over and maneuver and you're not getting it right or you're practicing landings in the pattern and you're just not getting it right, just remember to breathe. One thing that I started doing during the pandemic was that I started practicing yoga. Uh, yoga is like a traditional practice, so it's more than just a physical workout. There's like eight limbs to it. One of the limbs is the asanas, the movements, but then uh, the other limbs are also practicing mindfulness. Uh, so just learning to breathe during these moments of just and just peace and grace and love and just remembering the bigger picture like if you are a woman in aviation even if you feel like you're struggling remember you're doing something so amazing not just for yourself but for the entire community and I think that itself will push you as well um but there's going to be overwhelming days there's going to be tiring days there's going to be I can't go on days but then there's going to be a day where you finally make it through and that's the day you want to keep holding on for. Um, I would say like, don't give up, but I true, I, I did give up. There was a period of time where I did give up during the pandemic. I lost two loved ones to uh, my family members and I quit my job as a flight attendant and I moved. So it was just so much going on all at once. I absolutely loved living in Florida and to come back to Texas, I felt homesick. And then with those deaths in the family, it felt like I died. Um, it was it was a really rough time, especially because at the time too, the Black Lives Matter movement, the protests were going on, and um, that's a cause that I care deeply for. It was just so much going on, and it was not just me that was sad. It was the whole world that was grieving, and like my family was all sad too. It was just 
a very, very, very rough time that I didn't think I could get out of it. So finding that stillness and that calmness, practicing grounding um, techniques for yourself, whatever it is you need to do for you, only you know that, seeking out a mentor and just you know, staying committed in this will go a long way. I really feel like if it's your passion, it'll come back. Because like I said, I gave up for three months because I was just so overwhelmed. Um, But I started to miss it. I was like, you know what? There's no giving up in this. It's like, this is my calling. I don't see myself doing anything else. Like if I give up, it's only for a few months and I come right back. You know, sometimes we need that mental like break. And I've been practicing the power of positivity and you know, manifesting your thoughts and, you know, putting out in the universe, you know, what you want out of life. And I just like yourself, I keep getting drawn into the aviation. You know, they say when once you get bit by the aviation bug, there's no getting out of it. So, I mean, I'm constantly drawn back to it. And it's just something that I think once it's in your blood, it's in your blood. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's addicting. And I'm excited for your journey on it. I know you're saying that uh, you're not exactly sure what sector you want to get into. And I was in the same route because when I first started, I started going to all these conferences to try to figure it out and everything sounded appealing to me. I was like, oh, the military sounds great because you get to fly some cool planes. They pay you, they pay for your flight training, you get to wear the cool uniform. But then I was like, but, oh man, also these accelerated programs sound good because then you'll have like a guaranteed a job with one of the cadet academies if you join one of those or maybe I want to do cargo because maybe I don't want to deal with passengers it's just so hard to say what you want to do if all you've ever flown is a 172 but I think that's something you'll learn along the way and I think having trust in yourself and in the universe to work its magic you'll be fine just keep staying in that path that you love and like great things will happen you know you're definitely an inspiration and I wish you the best of luck. I know you that you applied for the ABA and I have no doubt in my mind that you will get into the program. Um, once you do get into the program, I know you definitely have to go to regionals, but my last question, um, what type of aircraft do you want to fly commercially? Like what is your, I don't know, I guess your dream. The dream is the triple seven. I think that's everybody's dream. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I cannot imagine flying a huge airline like that. Um, but honestly, I feel like I'm already living my dream. Like I mentioned earlier, throughout my life, I was switching my major multiple times in college. I had so many different jobs. I just remember feeling so unfulfilled and unhappy. And I always told myself, once I find something I like, like I will give back so other people don't have to go through these internal pains like I did. Um, but I'm already happy now just knowing that I'm pursuing something that I love. Like, I already feel like I have everything. Um, of course, I want to fly for an airline, but I'm just so excited to even know that that's what's coming. That's what's on the horizon. That's amazing. And you definitely are a wonder woman of aviation. So I definitely appreciate your time. For those that are listening, I don't know if you have a social media following or if they want to reach out to you for advice, any advice. Um, where can people find you? Yeah, anybody could reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm under Shakar Sultani. But they can reach out to me on my email also. My email is sultanishakar at gmail.com. So last name, first name at gmail.com. Shakar, I want to thank you for your time. I know you're at work <laughs> multitasking. But I appreciate you taking the time to <laughs> process and, you know, provide some words of encouragement and inspiration. I know you definitely inspired me. I appreciate you just kind of just taking a few minutes out of your day. Well, and I look forward to yeah, thank you so much on your journey.
If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others or post about it on social media. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Natalie7170. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.